Hey everybody, it's the Title IX Podcast on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. I'm Steph Copley, and finally I am back and joined by Elisa Woods tonight, but in a little different capacity. She's not physically with us, but she's joining us on Zoom. Is that right, Jared? Yep. Oh, Jared's here too. Hey, Jared. Hey, what's up? <laughs> Elisa, say hi. Hi, I'm here. Thank you for accommodating me. I'm afraid to leave the house. She's so. afraid of the Rona. Yep, I'm terrified. So she's. No, we haven't. Oh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> We haven't left the house in a good long time, um, except for going to the hospital multiple times, which probably puts me as the danger to you guys more than really you guys are danger to me. But yeah, I just, I feel better with a teeny tiny baby staying home. I think we totally get it, completely get it. But hopefully you can join us again soon. Yes, very soon. So we need to talk about that teeny tiny baby. Um, But first, before we get into it, like we do every episode, we need to thank our sponsor, the Ivy College of Business at Iowa State, who I'm sure is anxious to get students back in classrooms. But for the time being, they're enjoying virtual learning. So Lisa, it's time for you to give your shout out. Have you been practicing? Um, Hootie hoo. (laughs) Hootie hoo, there it is. So thanks to the Ivy College of Business at Iowa State for sponsoring this episode tonight. Tonight is episode 18. Can you believe it? It is crazy. Time has simultaneously gone really fast and all of a sudden completely stopped. It's crazy that it's episode 18 and I look like I'm 18 years old. (laughs) Is that how it is? Yep. I can't see you, so I'm just going to believe you. (laughs) I can't see Jared's mouth, so I can't tell if he believes me or not. Title IX is old enough to vote. I was going to say they're old enough. It's old enough to buy tobacco, but that's not true anymore. So Aww. old enough to vote. Episode old 18. enough to vote. Yeah, that's right. What do you mean? What do you mean it's not true anymore? How old do you have to buy be to buy tobacco? 21. Wait, what? <laughs> Breaking but, news. Yeah. Didn't that happen like in the fall? Cigarettes? I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm like 95% sure that's true. I'm going to be honest. I don't know the answer to that because I don't use tobacco products. And you shouldn't either, Jared. Well, I just know because I can see the sign on the mm-hmm. register at Casey's. Before we say anything else, I should have let everybody know that I just explained to Jared why drinking non-sugar-free Red Bull, multiple cans of non-sugar-free Red Bull, is very detrimental to his health as he takes another swig <laughs> of it right now. Oh, man, that's good. I so tried. Much sugar. I tried. So much sugar. I can smell the sugar. And I told him I like sugar. Uh, Just looking out for our best friend of the pod, Jared. 350% of my daily daily vitamin B6 intake. Right, that's what we're worried about here. I have a lot of vitamin B6 in my my body. (laughs) So tonight on the episode, we want to talk about the arrival of Malcolm Woods. Elisa, you're going to talk about that, okay? Well, okay. Um, we're going to talk about a couple of legal issues. So we had breaking news last week with the lawsuit uh, filed by the U.S. Women's National Team against the U.S. Soccer Federation. There is also a lawsuit against the NCAA filed by seven uh, female student athletes regarding some alleged sexual assaults and misconduct that we want to chat about. Want to chat about the last dance, right, Elisa? Is that cool with mm-hmm. you? And then whatever Very the hell cool. else we end up talking about because we always go whatever on else. some tangent. Um, quick before we get too far into it, just a quick rundown of what content's coming on Cyclone Fanatic this week. Um, today, we published a Where Are They Now on Takara Ross, which um, it was so awesome to catch up with her. She is a badass. 11 years playing professional basketball overseas, and she's doing lots of other stuff to prepare for her life after basketball. So check that out if you haven't. Um, Jared's doing one on Clayton Custer later in the week that I got to preview. Yeah, it comes out on Wednesday. It's going to be good, I'm you guys. I'm excited for that one. Yeah, it's, it's going to be good. Rob's doing one too, I think, right? 
Maybe. Rob's current situation is his up, current sitch up in the air due to uh, 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 running into some snags on the getting a hold of people thing. Okay. Well, so. look for the Clayton one for Clayton Custer one for sure. There's yeah. going to be football and bas- women's basketball recruiting. Um, Chris is going to try to get a feature out on the future of college football that I know he's been working really hard on. Um, that'll be a good one. I think he's really getting into some details on that. He's only been telling me about it for 10 days. So <sighs> at this point, it's shots fired. No, it, it, it better be really good because he's worked on it really hard. He showed me the outline and the outline was really good. So if, if, I believe that it'll be good. I'm just <laughs> every day when he tells me it'll be done. Then the next, he's like, oh, can you push this? I'm going to it won't be done until tomorrow. Hopefully to be, tomorrow. Hopefully tomorrow. Fingers crossed. I want to read it. I want to read it too. Um, <laughs> I'm uncomfortable right now. I'm not taking shots at Chris. I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm just he's giving him totally crap. He's totally taking shots at Chris. No, I'm just giving him crap. I know he's got plenty of other things to work on. So So speaking of Chris, great things that Chris Williams is doing. Uh, he and Bloom did a podcast last Sunday night, um, their weekly quarantine podcast. And I'm not going to give anything away because I want you guys to listen, but there's a spiel in there about their former Iowa State Daily articles that they start giggling and I was crying laughing it's so good it's so bad that it's so good so you guys got to go listen to that Elisa have you listened to it yet no I haven't listened to it there's so many things on my to listen to list I really should listen to them when I'm up at three o'clock in the morning yes you should that's a must listen I look forward to that one they do every week and then Jared Woody and Jay Jordan have a football pod coming out yeah one that we recorded last week it'll uh, finally come out this week so it's like the fart plus jay the fart yes it is the fart plus jay (laughs) it's jay's fart (laughs) Uh, yeah well the problem is that we um recorded like three quarters of it and then jay started having cell phone reception problems so he's only on about three quarters of it okay it's yeah no it'll be good all right well looking forward to that too all right elisa fill us in about your baby boy Okay, so uh, first of all, I'd like to point out that I'm working on a tablet right now. My notes are on a tablet because I'm rich, bitch. (laughs) That's true. My stimulus money came through, and I'm rich as hell. Um, So anyways. Congratulations. Thank you. And I, I I did almost lose my notes, even though they were on this tablet. Because, so. of course, it wouldn't be a timeline podcast without Elisa frantically searching for her notes 10 seconds before we start. <laughs> My bad. It's fine. You found um, them. <laughs> I did find them. Um, yeah. So, anyways, went into the hospital. I don't know. I don't know how old he is. Like, three weeks ago um, on a Monday. And I was going to be induced. I was induced. Um, headed in on a Monday. So, with Rose, I headed in on a Sunday. Didn't have her till Tuesday night. Hmm. So, I was prepared to be there. Yeah, I was prepared to be there forever. But he um, did come on Tuesday afternoon. Pretty Wait, much everything was... it was... Tuesday afternoon or was it Monday afternoon? Oh, you went in Monday no, was, night. That's yeah, right. I went in Monday night and he came on Tuesday afternoon. So, it was pretty textbook. Everything kind of went normally. Um his heart rate would drop a little bit um, towards the end there. And it was kind of the same thing where I was like at a six, for those of you who know what that means. I was at a six. Same thing with Rose, I was at a six for like 12 hours. And then just all of a sudden it was like, well, now I'm at a 10 and it's time to go. Jared's face so. right now. It's just really too bad that there's not video accompanying this audio because yeah. his face is just <laughs> priceless. Very confused. Anyways. Um, there were very few issues, um, there, I had some IV issues, I have massive veins, I mean, like, like, 
weightlifter popping veins. This, just, is, this is the greatest thing I've ever witnessed in my entire life. <laughs> just have huge veins. In my Jared arms. is going. Jared is frozen, you guys. I'm just listening. So they, he will not so make they, eye contact with me. So they take these, this massive needle and try and shove it in my hand. Um, somehow miss this vein that's literally the size of like a crayon. It's huge. So they miss the vein um, and cause a lot of pain, whatever. So then they have to switch it to another part of my arm. So that was fine, just a small issue. Um, and I had gone in because I had high blood pressure and then his little heart rate issues, but really those were the only issues. The epidural kind of didn't work, but like once we kind of shifted everything around, it worked fine. The fentanyl was delightful. Um, I was really trying to figure out how to get two doses See, of fentanyl. See, this part, Jared, Jared is all in on this part. <laughs> I don't know fentanyl. what that's supposed to mean. <laughs> the fentanyl was delightful. Um, and then, so after, so then I have the baby. Um, Whose name is? A, uh, Malcolm Winston Woods. Thank you. Uh, yep. He's either going to be a congressman or like a, some sort of civil rights activist he has to be it's in, it's in his blood literally in his name <laughs> right right so uh he was born and it was really awesome and this this poor guy has to come in and help me go to the bathroom because i had the epidural and so my legs are numb and then they're like all right you have to get up and go to the bathroom and i was like not gonna happen <laughs> this like poor 20 something guy comes in and i was like sorry man like you're basically gonna have to carry me to the bathroom so uh he was scarred for the rest of his life and now jared is too <laughs> yeah um and then another another crazy thing and i told steph about this and she said i had to mention it on the pod i after i pushed out this child in nine and a half minutes by the way i asked the doctor but who's counting yeah, yep, nine and a half minutes. Arnold thought it was 15. I said, no, it was less than 15. Trust me. Nine and a half minutes. Um, I did notice I had these, like, two-inch hairs on my belly. Like, how does that happen? You sprout hairs? How, do you, how does hair grow on your stomach in that amount of time where I where I before did not have two-inch hairs? So Just two of them. <laughs> This is Two. this is by far the most on-brand story you have ever told. <laughs> Everything oh. from start to finish is okay. straight Elisa Woods. <laughs> Hold on, I need a drink. Is this alcohol? Yeah, I'm drinking now. Um, Welcome back. It's, we back. missed you. Thank you. Um, oh, so, okay. have a baby, get switched to our other room. Um, he's a big baby. Like nine pounds, three and a half ounces, big baby. Um, I thought he seemed pretty normal looking, but everyone said he was big baby. Um, so then, how he's long big was baby. he? How long of a baby was he? Twenty-one inches. It's pretty long, baby. <laughs> Is that a long baby? I think so. How yeah. Long, how long were you, Jared? Uh, well, I know that I was. I want to say I was over ten pounds, but uh, really, my this. My mom and dad tell me that they should have known what they were in for when they couldn't fit my footprint <laughs> in the box. Uh, like that, they should have known. You're right. Yeah. And they said that they literally never had a baby born in the hospital that the footprint didn't fit. In, That's kind of amazing. In the box. So 
they should have known that they were going to be in for a rough life of trying oh my to buy gosh, shoes. That's hilarious. I need to go find the thing because we didn't have a, a baby book or anything. I mean, I can't go anywhere and buy anything. Right. So we don't have a baby book. And so they just gave us a sheet of paper with some footprints on it. So I'll have to look at it and see if they fit in the box. But if, so, um, you better hope they do because otherwise you're going to be in for some a long, custom orders. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I can tell you about a great store and that we can talk okay. about that down the road, though. I mean, I have to wear like cross dresser shoes because I have size 12 in women's feet. So chances are, oh, I may God, have passed Lisa, that I down, miss you so much. We do have these little, these little slippers that are like triceratops and they barely fit him, but I and stuff his little baby feet into them. I got to see him from afar. I dropped off some goodies um, and he did not, he only had one sock on. So oh, gosh. <laughs> remember that? <laughs> So I got to see his little tiny feet. They didn't look like abnormally large, but he's okay, he's good. a baby, so it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I yeah, he better hope that they're not abnormally large because he will be in for a long like Aww. adolescence of being made fun of for your feet. I got called Scuba Steve for a long time while I was a little kid. <laughs> That's hilarious. Can I ask a question though? Oh, this, yeah. I, this this has bothered me for a long time. When you see people who buy like Jordans for their kid, you know, like for the, small, for like the babies. Yeah, yeah. Like a baby, you know, even up to one, two years old or so. Like, I always wonder why the kid's going to grow out of those Jordans within and, a very short period of time. Or not even wear them because before kids walk, shoes are just for looks. So yeah. that's why it's just for looks. So you're just trying to, you're trying to flex on everybody. My kid wears Jordans. I do have a, a pair of Jordans that Rosa wore. And, Did she uh, wear them? She did wear them, and Malcolm will wear, wear. They were free. They were passed down from a friend of ours. Well, yeah, ours. that's different, though. <laughs> so you didn't go to a store with the intention of buying Jordans for your no. kid? No. Brand new shoes don't get purchased until there's a quarantine. I bought Rosa some brand new shoes, and they're the first brand new shoes that she's gotten. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a strong believer in hand-me-downs for kids. There's no reason yep. why, to, why you need to drop there's cash on There's a second-hand store... There's a secondhand store in Clive, I think, that I go to, and they just have bins and bins of shoes. And I grab three of them. They're like five bucks each every time she grows into new shoes. Yes. Yeah, I, I started getting my dad's hand-me-down shoes when I was in seventh grade. <laughs> I feel like we need to revisit this and really talk about how this scarred you at some point. No, I mean, I'm just just saying I started wearing my parents' shoes when I was in middle school. <laughs> uh, I do have bigger feet than my dad. So that's something, I guess. Yeah, it is something. Well, we're very glad that Malcolm's okay and that you're okay. And hopefully we get to see you soon here and eventually get to meet Malcolm too. Oh, there's more to the story. Oh, Jesus. Okay, let's go. Move it along. I love your boy already, but move it along. (laughs) Buckle up, buttercup. We have actual sports things to talk about. (laughs) Okay, I'll just come. I'll just go through real quick the next two weeks of being in the hospital. Um, Oh, poor Malcolm. (laughs) I know. High jaundice levels. So we were in the hospital for five days instead of two. Go home for two days, go back to the doctor. Oh, jaundice levels are sky high. So they sent us back, but Arnold can't go. Only one parent can go. So I'm in the hospital on the pediatric floor all alone with Rosa, or not with Rosa, with Malcolm, um, for a night, back to normal, get home. Two days later, I realize I've had a headache for five days. Well, I was in the hospital 
early, giving birth early because I had high blood, blood pressure. So headaches are a serious issue. So I go to the doctor and they send me to the hospital and they say, we're going to have to keep you overnight and no one can come and visit you. And I say, no, I don't think so. <laughs> so I said, uh, figure it out or I'm, I'm probably going to go home. <laughs> like the, when I got there, the nurse said, yeah, your doctor called and we thought you were going to be a flight risk. Like we thought you weren't actually coming here to the hospital. And I was like, well, I thought about going home. So anyways, they had to get special permission for Arnold and Malcolm to come and stay. So Malcolm got the special permission, but Malcolm couldn't come unless Arnold came too, um, per their rules or whatever. So we got like special permission during the pandemic to have him stay at the hospital. So I was at the hospital for two nights, right? Yeah, I think you're right from what I remember. With I'm, that. So I'm very glad that they allowed that because I can't imagine, you know, after you just give birth and you're emotionally and physically exhausted to have to be there by yourself. So I'm glad yeah. whoever made that call made the right call. Yeah. And Arnold would have had to figure out how to go find formula, which oh, um, right. Malcolm doesn't even like to drink from a bottle. So I don't know how that would have worked. Um, so it was a mess, but we did get to watch the draft there, which was kind of fun. Um, me and Steph and Jay had like a, a group chat and things we got rowdy. <laughs> things got very rowdy. Jay was killing me. He was so funny, but it was just like fun to talk about sports and to talk about, I don't know, just things that I love and things that got excited. Normal. Yeah. yeah. And I, I mean, just got excited about like, I thought the Saints uh, first round draft was great. They drafted a center and they showed his highlights and it was just pretty much him opening up huge holes for the running backs. And I said, great, we have Alvin Kamara, so I'll take it. So that was kind of cool. Um, the, the nurses did strangely want to talk about Aaron Hernandez when they saw that we were watching the draft. I was like, of all of the football players, is that like the only one you want to talk about? But. Probably been watching Netflix. Yeah, I was just gonna say yeah. they've, they've yeah. exhausted yeah. all of their Netflix options. Yes, yeah. She said, yeah, she said that she had watched that on Netflix. And one of the other nurses actually saw my Cyclone Fanatic onesie that was on Malcolm, um, and said she was she recognized it and she was like, oh my gosh, my husband loves Cyclone Fanatic. And I was like, well, you're about to love Cyclone Fanatic too because here's how you find my podcast. And she's like, oh my gosh, I'll listen. Well done. So if you're listening, thank nurse. you for thank you, nurse. Yes. And I hope you found you. something to watch besides the Aaron Hernandez. I hope so too. <laughs> it was a different, different, different nurse. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, still, that still stands. <laughs> but you're but home. You guys are good now, right? I'm home. Um, Steph delivered me a fruit tray that lasted about 48 hours, and I inhaled it. Good. And I sent, I sent her home with some juice boxes um, and breast milk bags. Yep. Uh, Very on brand again. <laughs> breast milk bag and then um brooke friend of the pod uh brooke johnson sent me some flowers and she also had some stuff shipped um from the uh from the athletic department that's awesome a sweet package from the athletic department it's like a little um iowa state hat for him and it says like baby clone club and a little blanket and some other little cute like iowa state stuff so She's the sweetest. She is the best. Um, very thoughtful for her and for the Gridiron Club and the athletic department to send that to us. 
think my uh, gift must have got lost in the mail. <laughs> it's probably yeah. still coming. Yeah, it's. I think it's in the mail still. <laughs> just oh, just seeing your face is gift enough. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, wow. Okay. I appreciate that. <laughs> but you can drop beer off. <laughs> okay. okay, I'll remember that. Are you, Lisa, are you done talking about your damn kid now? Yeah. Okay. I'm done. All right. Thanks. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right. Do you want to talk about the U.S. Women's National Team thing first? Yeah, I do. Okay. And I want you to just clear everything up for me because I do not understand okay. something about now they can't sue over something, but they're yes. going to still sue over right. something else. So I'm going to do my best. some shady stuff. Um, yeah. Definitely about them. So we talked, we've talked about this a few times on the pod, but basically the um, U.S. Women's National Team has a gender discrimination lawsuit against the U.S. Soccer Federation. And part of that lawsuit is the they're alleging a violation of the Equal Pay Act. They're claiming that they are not paid equally as uh, the men's national team. So what often happens in lawsuits is the parties file motions to try to make part or all of the claim go away before it goes to trial. So in this case, the U.S. Soccer Federation filed what's called a motion for summary judgment on the equal pay part of it, which is the big part of it that is constantly in the news. And what they argued is basically for a motion for summary judgment, you're saying even if we assume every fact that the U.S. Women's National Team alleges is completely true, even if that's the case, their claim is not legally sufficient. So there's no, what, they're, what they're claiming the facts are is not legally sufficient to win at trial. So I guess super, super, super simplified. It's basically they're arguing it's, it's so clear, Judge, that we don't need to go to trial. Does that make sense, Elisa? It does make sense. Can they appeal it? Because yeah. that's whack. Okay, so let me go through that part of it. So what happened last week on Friday was that the federal judge ruled in favor of the U.S. Soccer Federation on equal pay. So meaning that claim is done. That claim's not going to go forward to trial. U.S. Women's National Team loses. And the judge did that for two reasons, m- mainly. The first one was that he says, well, U- U.S. Women's National Team players earned more from 2015 through 2019 than the men's national team did. So therefore... What about what's this equal pay thing? And the second part of it is he basically said, too bad, so sad. You had options under the collective bargaining agreement. You agreed to what you agreed to, and that's on you. But I have a couple problems with this, and admittedly I've not gone through every pleading or every part of it. When did they sign their collective bargaining agreement? Okay, so this that's part of it. It was before the pinnacle of um, you know, the, the World Cup run and all of those things. So it would have been like... 10 years ago, probably? I don't know if it was 10 years ago. Um, but, but it's been a considerable amount of time. It's before, so it's before you, I mean, you look, obviously with any collective bargaining agreement, you're looking forward. Mm-hmm. But that's part of my problem with it is, well, the women were on the top of their game. The men were on their, I mean, as my daughter would say, they're hot garbage. Yeah. So yeah, of course the women are going to be making more money because they're playing more games. They're on top of the, na- the world stage. So there's that part of it. And then exactly what you said, Jared, there's that, you know, they signed this years ago. And then the other part that bothers me is I wonder if they had the same opportunities as the men in negotiating those collective bargaining agreements, if that makes sense. Well, then, and if the men had not been hot garbage, then what would they have gotten out of playing Exactly. That, that's what I would. So you make things all equal. Yeah. That's where it's like, okay, well, it's not our fault that your men's team sucks. Exactly. And so, and that's basically everyone's reaction on, you know, like all of the big name athletes, all of several of the advocates for, for female sports or women's sports are making those same points you are. So yes, Elisa, to answer your question, they're going to appeal it. Um, and I did some research on the judge. 
who issued this ruling. He is an appointee of George W. Bush, so he is more than likely a conservative judge. Um, and what's going to happen is this claim was filed in California, and they're going to appeal, and it'll be to the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. And that tends to be a very liberal circuit. Um, so I did some digging. How many conservative judges are there in California? Well, it's not just California. Oh, you mean the state of California? Yeah. Well, it depends on who the president is, because the president can put whoever they want in there, you know? Man, that just, that was, that's surprising to me. So the Ninth Circuit used to be a pretty liberal circuit, and then President Trump has kind of modified that court a little bit over the last couple of years. Um, so now it's more balanced. But in the past, um, it looks like essentially every employment ruling of this judge has been overturned by the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. Yes. Yeah. So, so sucks. Well, <laughs> I, I did not judge. say that, Judge. I did not say that. That was my partner. <laughs> but. I just don't know because things have changed probably so much. I have to apologize. What? I said I'm probably going to have to apologize. You probably will. They're listening. Not an apology, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry you feel that way. That's my apology. That's a good apology. <laughs> I'm sorry that I offended you. <laughs> I'm sorry that I'm you sorry. took offense. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so the rest of the, so there are a few claims left. Um, there's an issue I saw about charter flights, which, come on, no one cares about that. That's set for trial in June. And I don't know if that's going to go forward now in light of the fact that this part of it was kicked and will get appealed or if they'll stay that part of it. I, I, don't, I don't know. But for right now, that's a huge blow to the U.S. Women's National Team, of course. So this is not really about this specific situation, but can judge, and I'm not asking you to talk about this specific person, but just yeah. like in general, if a judge always is having their things overturned by the, you know, like the circuit court, shouldn't there be like some sort of ramifications for that? I don't know. That seems like a thing to me that's kind of like common sense. Except that's part of, it's part of the protection too. It's like the, just the process. Yeah. Because that's why you have the layers and that's, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I don't know. I just, yeah. How many judges would be in the circuit court? Would it just be one no, judge there, again? No, I think it's 29. It's a 29-member bench in the okay. in the Ninth Circuit. And right now, I think um, I think at the end of last year, the liberal just judges had like a three-person majority. We're learning about civics here on the podcast we today. <laughs> we are. The Six three branches of government. This is exciting. <laughs> Super exciting. But, it, I mean, the Ninth Circuit is kind of where, or the, you know, anywhere in the Ninth Circuit is where you go if you want because you know what you're getting with the Ninth Circuit, mm -hmm. but it, that's changed with President Trump. At least it's balanced out. So I don't know what's going to happen. It, it's a bummer. I mean, we all know how I feel about the U.S. Women's National Team, and I think socially, um, from a public perception, this is probably not the outcome that sports fans wanted, but I don't know. I mean, I would just like to know, like, what, what justification can the United States Soccer Federation use for saying, I mean, if we're going to sit here and talk about who's grown the – game of soccer in the United States more the women's team or the men's team like this is pretty obvious well, that's why here. a couple of months ago when they came out when they filed their motion and it was so derogatory they had to walk and they lost sponsors over it you know they had to walk it back but obviously that motion was not I mean it might have been derogatory but clearly it hit with the judge so I don't know I would think if I was them I would just be coming to a point where it's like all right we're probably not going to you know, topple football. We're not going to topple basketball or baseball or maybe even hockey. I don't know. <laughs> but it's like, just realistically, it's like we're not going to be able to get soccer to be like the main sport in the United States right. for, for men. 
why don't we try and put more money into the women's game to try and grow the women's game in the United States? And it's like, if we're going to make soccer into a thing here, then I would feel like that's kind of the best way to go about it. That's just from my personal perspective. I know. But and I know. And you would think that the, that common sense would come through and maybe they could reach a settlement at some point. They're just at such they're they're completely at odds with what they want that I don't know if that'll ever happen, especially now. I mean, I don't know. The whole thing is just kind of a bummer. When it came out on Friday, I was not pleased. But it is what it is. We'll let the legal process take cor- run its course, I guess. Sorry for hijacking that from you, Elisa. I'm sure you have questions. I just- oh, no, that's okay. It just, when I agree with you, though. Like, I feel like he should have some ramifications for always being appealed and losing his appeals. Like We know Steph can't weigh in on these kinds of things, but we, but we will. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, I mean, it's like uh, an official at a football game and you have these outrageous calls and then they get challenged and they all get turned over at some point somebody's gonna say to you like hey hey man you're a bad official right it's just a slippery slope is all because if then you have which we saw in iowa um you know like the gay marriage decision was the perfect example because then our supreme court justices got put up for retention and they got voted out and then it becomes a political issue and the idea is to keep the judiciary separate from politics and that's why they're oftentimes lifetime especially for federal judges lifetime appointments and that's why in a lot of states um, the retention is only every few years or you know they try to spread it out so that those public policy issues kind of fade before people vote with their emotions in politics so I, I, I under- yeah well I, I, I understand that I just think it's not it's not like people voting who are who are overturning what this it's his peers isn't it it's like other judges who are in the appeals court it's not voters who are saying yeah but if you were to if you were to carry that out and say you know if you have so many decisions overturned who's going to be the one to oust you is it i mean mean, there'd have to be some sort of like independent review process and And then at that point it it always gets there's a chance of it always being political well and, and i guess i just look at it from the perspective of like man if we weren't always trying to you know, if there was a situation where it's like, man, these things are always being appealed, and then they end up getting, or they get, you know, they this guy has had so many judgments or whatever it is, and say 80% of them have been overturned mm-hmm. by another court or things like that. That's where I just would kind of sit back and be like, all right, man, so your peers agree with you on 20% of your judgments. Yeah. Uh, that to me would be, and I mean, that might be an extreme, you know, but like, but I'm well, just saying. it's in, not necessarily, yeah, you're yeah, right. But I'm yeah. just saying like in general, that's the kind of thing where I'd be like, man, by you doing this and then us having to go through all these kinds of processes and then, you know, who knows, it could go to the Supreme Court or something like that. And it's like, you're costing so much money. You're costing so many, uh, so much time. And I mean, this might be a little bit different than like what some judgments could be, but it's just like where this one will probably last a long time anyway. Well, and this is why I'll get up on my soapbox, and I don't mean this in a political sense at all, but this is why whoever the president is is a big deal because that person has the power to appoint judges for life. And obviously there's, you know, um, you have to, you're going to have to go through approval, congressional yeah. approval and those things, but that's a lot of power, and you put people in there for a very long time who have very substantial decision-making power so it's an interesting thing and it transcends sports for sure i feel like we should get off of that before it gets political yeah yeah, yeah. I, I, that's fine with me so I speaking of say one what, thing go ahead. to this judge read the room yeah i know i i was thinking about this too but it's an <laughs> it's a weird just 
oh man how far do i want to go down this line we don't we don't have to we don't no, have it's to go okay. down this. yeah we, we won't make you go i think we, we, we all to. know how we feel yeah. okay yeah. all right that sounds good so speaking of lawsuits let's talk about another one <laughs> this one will be quicker because there's just not as much to it because it's early um but there's i'm sure you've all seen it in the news seven seven female student athletes are suing the ncaa for alleged sexual assaults or misconduct and it's an interesting legal theory because they're not bringing it under title nine like what's often brought they're bringing it um as a breach of duty there it's a negligence claim basically they're saying the ncaa had a duty to protect these women against um the misconduct or assaults given the ncaa's knowledge of the rate and extent of sexual assaults reported and made known to them and each of these plaintiffs has a specific incident that they personally experienced that they brought um, but then they're kind of lumping those personal incidents into a larger claim so so i've obviously i mean the university of nebraska is obviously yes. the one that's kind of the main uh, focus focus of this whole deal and I mean, everybody knows what my history is with Nebraska. Shout out to my sister, Taylor, graduating from Nebraska on Saturday. But uh, Hey, congratulations, Taylor. Yeah. We've but, never met Taylor, but we'd be friends. Yeah, Taylor is moving to Des Moines a week from Saturday, so I'm sure you guys already, will. She's already a friend of the pod. Yeah, already. You guys will meet her at some point, I'm sure. Yes. But um, the thing that when I was reading all of this that was, I don't want to say, the thing I didn't understand was you know i get that the ncaa they put out their handbook or i think it was mm -hmm. of how these things are supposed to be handled that set out that's the duty that they're talking yeah. about and what i didn't understand is when i'm reading it at least from the perspective of the university of nebraska in this scope is it's like that seems like the the main problem here was the title nine office at the at nebraska and that's what i didn't it mean that to me looked like they're not doing what they are, are supposed to be doing and i don't understand how that then that is an ncaa problem unless you can like prove that it's across a really yeah and that's wide that was scope. exactly my reaction to it's almost like my my first thought was you know when that wells fargo stuff went down a couple of years ago with the um all of those uh making fake, make fake yes, accounts and stuff. Yeah. yeah and so yeah. so then the ceo is the one who gets in trouble when he had no flipping idea that any of this is going on most yeah. likely because he's so completely out of touch of the minions 18 levels below and that was my first thought of yeah i get the ncaa is supposed to put these protections in place but that seems like a lot of levels well, removed well and they can't be the watchdog for that like they're not on the campuses Right. And that's why this is such, as far as I know, it's a pretty unique theory And when they're not bringing it under Title IX for exactly the reason that you just set forth. Yeah. And it, it's just like, I mean, you read a lot of, Look, I've, the NCAA I've, I've read has everything out there that there is out there about this thing. Yeah. And that's just, at the, at the end of the day, that's what I kept coming back to. I was like, man, if anything, that there should just be some heads that roll and probably the, well, for more especially the Title IX office, but then, uh, in like the upper administration at at nebraska because this is not a new problem i i think that people know that over uh the last what uh 30 years that nebraska has had some weird legal situations and it, well and not only nebraska but um michigan state yeah baylor larry I mean, nassar yeah i mean like that that to me was where i was like why are they trying to make this a broad thing and not just making it a pinpointed we're going to sue nebraska and i would like to know that i don't know jared if you've seen this as you've read i'd like to know what the connection is between these seven plaintiffs for example i don't know 
I mean, there's what, four from Nebraska? There's, so there's three schools, Michigan State, Nebraska, and then an unnamed school, which In that part was interesting. the American East Conference. I, that, that part didn't make sense to me either. But How, I'm, not, yeah, I'm like, not suggesting that anything, um, you know, inappropriate is going on behind the scenes, but I do have a lot of questions about this because I, w- I want to know how these seven plaintiffs all got together, what the common thread is, because right now it just seems somewhat random. Well, yeah, and like how is the, this, how are these attorneys in, in Lansing, Michigan, all of a sudden representing that's what I mean students that go to go to or went to Nebraska at some point and it's like that that was where I was like how how did all of this come together to where these people are representing these students from Nebraska you know it feels, it, it's it, like a class action I was almost. just gonna say I was, yeah. that's exactly it feels like they're trying to create a class action but at this point there's seven of them yeah so I don't I don't know it's it's interesting and could their goal be to get the seven out there hoping that they will get more people to join in on it yeah and maybe that's maybe that's exactly what it is but I it, there's just a lot more questions and answers for me at this point and I mean was, well, okay go ahead I was reading the ESPN article and there was just something that stuck out to me and it said that the um, they were suing because they had a, the NCAA has a duty to the women to supervise, regulate, monitor, and provide reasonable and appropriate rules to minimize the risk of inner injury or danger to student athletes and and by student athletes. And so that kind of started to make me think about like the the things that my um, like the company that I work for sends every year that we have to take, you know, those, the online classes that we have to take to make sure we're not taking bribes and to, you know, to make sure that we know how to put out fires and just all of these very broad things that they, every year you have to take this thing to make sure that you're not, you know, discriminating against um, people because of their race or religion or anything like that. So it kind of makes me wonder if those things were put into place and maybe not happening or if they were never put into place or if like these women are alleging that the NCAA just isn't doing enough to kind of regulate and to put together a program for the schools to, to mitigate this type of thing from happening. That, that's just kind of what it made me think of, and obviously I don't know any of the details of it, but it just it just kind of made me just think about those little learning modules that I have to take every year where, you know, the, then you have to take a test at the end, and, you know, is it bribery if somebody gives you money for this? Yes, it is. But all of these schools have, I mean, they're all required to have offices that handle these things. And that's, so I just, I don't know where the dominoes stop falling if that's how you're going to, if that's the approach you're going to take, you know? Yeah, I mean, I I would think that probably damn near every school in the country could probably be knocked on this. Oh, in, yeah. In some sense. I mean, I'm certain of I, that, I think that, I mean, we obviously know a situation that's happened, you know, at Iowa State in the past several years that right. has, has a lot of created a lot of questions on, in multiple different ways. Uh, but I mean, my thing was, it was like, like, I don't even know the best way to put it because it, the, the claims that were made were so broad in scope that I'm like, because uh, um, I mean, there's two, two women who accused a pair of football players of sexually assaulting them, which both of those football players have been charged with sexual yes, assault, correct. and I I believe are in Lancaster County Jail right now, and are almost certain to be 
convicted con- convicted of that and were kicked off the team basically immediately. But the way that it read was that they were still like on campus and things like that, which I know that they weren't actually expelled from school until April. But it was still one of those things where I was like, okay, well, this is problematic because then why is why aren't they doing enough to keep these guys that clearly are not good people away from the campus? And then the other one was where it was like the thing about the volleyball player who said that the athletic department official told her to tweet out that she wasn't pregnant. pregnant. And I, I had, I heard this when it was happening. I mean, like I said, my sister, and it says in there that it was, I mean, it became well known. This was like a, this was a thing, like very clear out there that, uh, a very notable player on Iowa or on Nebraska's football team, uh, one that may or may not touch the ball on every play and was the best player on their team, had been the father of this kid. And that a lot of people were attributing that to his poor play during the season. So I think, and that's where it's like, when they told her to tweet it out, I'm like, man, okay, this is like, that's really problematic that they told her really to do messed that. Up. But at the same time, it's like, the guy... The guy never addressed anything either, and it just kind of went away. I never even thought anything of it. I just, like, I assumed that, you know, they were having a kid because I never heard any different. And and I don't know. That's where, but, like, there's two, those are two completely different kinds of situations. And, yeah, okay, so the seven plaintiffs, there's everything ranging from rape to one woman said, um, you know, she had her rear end grabbed. I mean, and I'm not saying that's appropriate. It's not appropriate, but that's this kind of, that's the spread of what's in this lawsuit. And it's just hard to know, like I said, where the common thread is in all of this. We're going to find out or maybe we won't and it'll just go away. Yeah. But if it, if it continues, obviously much more is going to come out as it goes. Yeah. Based on what you talk about, Jared, like the that example that you gave, so the the player isn't held accountable, the school isn't held accountable, and this is this this happens all the time. Like the players aren't are typically not held accountable. That I mean, we talked about Aaron Hernandez earlier. He's yeah. been told his entire life he could get away with anything, so he thinks he can get away with murder. So you know, these girls aren't going to sue the the guys because they're being told like no we're going to protect them and then the school comes out and and protects them you know and so they they say okay well if the school's not going to protect me and the the obviously the player's not going to protect me i guess i'm just going to have to keep going up the line which is kind of what it feels like they're doing yeah yeah and i would imagine too that i mean i don't know this for certain because obviously i haven't talked to any of the individuals that are involved in this but i mean from what the way I interpret the situation, there doesn't seem to be any ill will in that specific situation between the woman who was a volleyball player at Nebraska and, right. the, and the man who was a football right. player, because it wasn't him that was like creating this it problem. School. It was the school, right? and then it was people that were, and there was a lot of different variables. She had left the team and all these kinds of things, and it just like was, there was a lot of things that were happening all at the same time. And that's where I'm like, whoever it was who went and told her that she needed to tweet that out if they still have a job today then they then that's That's a a serious problem problem. you're right and it shouldn't be hard to figure out who that was right i I mean i mean that's coming out yeah it's gonna come out whoever it was that that told them that and that's just and and it's one of those things too where i'm like man now it kind of makes sense that maybe he was playing bad because all this stuff was going on and and he's got (laughs) hearing all these things that are going on about him because it's like and he's like man what am i supposed to say because i would imagine anybody who's smart about PR and things like that is probably saying don't say anything right and that's what where I'm like whoever gave her that advice 
was an idiot. And should not have a job anymore. No. Yeah. All right. Do you guys want to talk about something fun? Should yeah. We about, should we talk about the last dance? Yeah. Okay. Any other thoughts on lawsuits tonight? Uh, Don't uh, file them. Not yet. <laughs> uh, when uh, We're going to send out a cease and desist. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Not sending out any cease and desist. All right. I would love so, to. guys, like, I've been, I've been watching Save the Last Dance every Save Sunday. The last I, dance. Don't, I don't understand, like, what everyone's tweeting about. I mean, I watched oh, this movie I see back when I was this. in, like, high school. <laughs> I mean, I had the... I had oh. The, <laughs> I had all if you think about it, The Last Dance does sound like a Nicholas Sparks movie. <laughs> it does. It does. It doesn't feel that way, though, when you watch it. No, absolutely not. <laughs> it's got a not. totally different vibe. Yeah. So um, if you guys listen to the Fanatics um, today at four, they broke down their thoughts on their notes. And I don't think either of them touched on these. My biggest takeaway was how bad I want to purchase all of the Olympic gear from the 1990s because that yes. stuff is badass. <laughs> it's so good. I bet you could get a lot of that stuff. You can. I've looked. <laughs> I figured. <laughs> but it, see, but the things that I love are the ones that are like obscure. You know, can we talk about? Yeah, like Ahmad Rashad's. It was in a like two second clip, and I've never seen anything that like this. A complete all over inside stuff print t shirt. And I was like, I saw that and I was like, <laughs> the fact that I don't already own that is the greatest travesty in, the, in my entire life. Obviously, I went looking for one. I don't How know. How expensive was it? It's $300 on eBay. Okay, so here's the thing. Jared and I, our relationship is Jared texts me something and I tell him it's a bad idea and he doesn't do it. But last night he sent me a text and I said, I'm not going to tell you this is a bad idea. I'm not going to do it. So did you buy it? No, I didn't buy it. It's a $300 t-shirt. <laughs> At that point, I'd have to like put it in a frame. I couldn't, I couldn't wear that. <sighs> I'm a little disappointed. You spent $300 on stupid things, more stupid things, stupider, stupider, on stupider things, stupider yeah. things yeah. more stupid. Uh, <laughs> don't, I don't want to, you have not, yeah, probably, but not things that like things that I could use every day in theory. You, you could know? wear that shirt every day. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I could, but if I had to wash it that much, then it would <laughs> ruin the printing and it would start to fade. And I don't want to like ruin my $300 shirt that I just bought. All right. That's fair. Well, I'm disappointed, but simultaneously really glad you didn't do it. Why didn't they buy it? Why didn't they make more? That's what I want to know. Did Why was that not more of a, a, a thing that where it's like now it costs like $5 because there's so many of them out there? I don't know. It's a real travesty. I want to know, was that shirt like a limited edition release where you know only a handful of people had it? I don't know, and but I remember it. So. How did that person know to put it on eBay for $300 on the day that it was going to come out and be on the documentary? This is Maybe some insider training. Tra insider trading right here. It's starting to make more sense. <laughs> I want to know where your Horace Grant glasses are. That's the real question. Man, I don't even know where they're at. They're probably either I lost them or they are uh, somewhere in uh, in my house in Clarinda. I'm sure that my mom and dad probably have a picture of me wearing them. If I still have my cast from when I was in second grade and broke my arm, that's you disgusting. surely have your yeah, that's, You need to throw that's, that that's shit away. Nasty. But yeah, I mean, I, I wore those, what would that have been, like third grade and fourth grade, I think, playing basketball. Man, there has to be a picture somewhere, but I don't, Taylor, I don't know where Taylor, if you're listening, no, Taylor make your parents know. find it. Taylor would have been like in well, she can, she'll kindergarten then. Well, and I've, uh, my mom and, and her went through like all of our old photos 
I want to say around Christmas time because I was okay it had to been Thanksgiving because I was there when they were doing it and I did not see any pictures of me wearing them so that's the second travesty of the night they could be they could be lost forever but I did wear Horace Grant style glasses on the court and I'll also say I was a lot worse at basketball than Horace Grant was <laughs> when I wore them. So they looked considerably well, more goofy. <laughs> Another Horace Grant question. I mean, I feel like this goes along with the did Carol Baskin kill her husband. Did Horace Grant spill the beans to Sam Smith? I haven't read that book, actually. So I don't know. But they all seem pretty confident that he did. I know. And the fact that he so vehemently denied it made me think like he probably said some of the stuff that's in it but maybe not all of it you know yeah i mean i wouldn't think you'd be able to write a whole book just on what horace grant tells you <laughs> i could be wrong but th that that just to me was like there's got to be more than just one person there spilling the beans yeah and well i i saw a little thing a little clip about next week's where he gets into fisticuffs so, I mean, it, it wasn't like exactly a, it, people who, didn't Horace exactly. Grant? Horace Grant? No, no. Um, Michael Jordan. With who? Steve Kerr. Oh, okay. Yeah. I've heard about that before. Yeah. Yeah. He punched a lot of people, I think. Yeah. I mean, so I don't think that it was a huge secret that he wasn't exactly the nicest guy in practice, but. Well, yeah. I mean, and there was even the clip at the very beginning of him getting mad at Ron Harper and like. Mm -hmm. That's where I that's where I was just I don't know why that's such a big scandal. Like, oh, this guy's a jerk to his teammates right. in practice. Right. Well, yeah, have you seen how much he wins? I think <laughs> he probably kind of got it. Earned it. Yeah. yeah, and like I would think too that I I would imagine that, you know, Draymond Green and Kevin Durant and those kinds of guys probably aren't the most fun people to practice with either. You don't get to that point without being a jerk on some level. Yeah, I agree with that. And, and just like expecting that level of excellence from everybody that's around you. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could, there's obviously a point where it's like, okay, this dude's a nut job. But that, that to me is just like, you got to raise everybody around you's level to another, another notch where it's like, we want to be this good. And if everybody isn't going to come with you, then it's like, well, then I'm going to fight you. And that's, those are the only options. Yeah. And he I, just has shows, high expectations. Yeah. And if my options were fight Michael Jordan or try and play better <laughs> in basketball, then I think I would try and play better. I think I would too. <laughs> uh, my other favorite part was when he was talking about the, the first Air Jordans and his feet were bleeding. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've said, all been there a for game. a good pair of shoes. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Jared. But he's, he's like, he's like, yeah, at halftime my feet were bleeding, but I was having a really good game, so I didn't want to change. Oh, I thought that was so awesome. <laughs> well, my question is, what what pair was he wearing? Like the original Air that was, Jordans? That was my question, too. <laughs> the I, very first pair that uh, came out? The, like the mock-ups? I thought for I sure so. they would have redone them to make them yeah. with the same technology. No, I think those were the old school, like, flat, straight first edition well and that's where i would say too like what the hell are you doing why bro? were they wearing those in the beginning <laughs> well they were wearing con or uh, chuck taylor's before that so think yeah, about that true. Good point. But, but i mean even like the converse that the i mean what were those called the converse uh you mean like the larry bird ones yeah the i can't remember I what the remember. name of them was but i mean people they're know hideous what about. yeah i actually think those look awesome personally but that's just my opinion uh but i was like I was sitting there, I was like, man, I would think Nike would be like, hey, before you wear these, 
we're gonna we're gonna you know refit them that was my reaction too i just thought that was crazy the modern technology and stuff like that and that just makes me think that he like went into his trophy room (laughs) and he's like i'm wearing those ones tonight i feel like that's what he did which was made it awesome but at the same time it makes you think like i'm glad that we have advanced yeah yeah i mean there's even uh i don't know if you guys know who pj tucker is who plays for the houston rockets uh, he's just like a big shoe head. And there was a point where he was, he didn't have a shoe deal. I actually, I don't know that he has one even now. And he had, he would just wear like different pairs of shoes every night. And some of the time, I mean, it's, there's a very clear difference between like Jordans that are made to actually be worn while playing basketball and Jordans that are not made to be worn while playing right. basketball. Still look cool. And he talks about how he wore some, one pair out. These were like $6,000 shoes. And he wore them out on the court for warm-ups with the intention of wearing them during the game, and they and he basically blew them out in warm-ups, just doing, like, layups, and he, he blew the <laughs> shoes out. That's and, he, and he ruined basically a one-of-a-kind pair of shoes by trying to wear them in a game. And, like, and that's where it creates the question of why does Jordan market these shoes as basketball shoes if they can't actually be worn while playing basketball? Like, I would never wear Jordans while, wear, while playing basketball well i don't think jordan would wear jordan's playing basketball anymore after he probably <laughs> had that not. experience no probably not no <laughs> i i don't know i thought i'm very much enjoying this whole thing my one complaint about it which i paid super close attention to it last night and when i paid super close attention it wasn't as much of a problem but the timeline the way it's jumping for a while i couldn't figure out what rhyme or reason but last night yeah like i said i focused really hard on it and i understood it but i i think i've come to the conclusion that I, the reason i don't like it is because someone had to sit down and figure out here's where we're gonna go every night and the stress of making this all work and what it had to look like i can't even can't even deal with it just well, imagine like a years imagine like a war it. room of lines crisscrossed all over the place just making it all come together forget it yeah, like, I'm with you. I was confused. Like, there was at one point where they were playing the Pistons, and then all of a sudden Dennis Rodman was on their team, and I was like, "Wait, yeah, it's what's happening right now?" See, and that's what I actually think is kind of genius about the whole thing, and how they have been able to weave the stories into other stories. Yeah, like, like in many, making them fit, like yeah. what's happening, like the story they're trying to tell about 1998, or the story they're trying to tell about that specific person, and then weaving the story that's happening from the past into that so that's why it's like it when it's about the pistons they're talking about dennis rodman because that was the connection between them before he came to the team and when they're talking about you know jerry kraus they're talking about how jerry kraus built the team and there's a lot of the stuff about scotty it weaved into that and how they drafted scotty and that kind of stuff and And then even like that that was what i think is kind of genius and i think um once i I, I mean, I very intentionally was like, why are they jumping from here to here last night? And it made sense. And I think I just need to be more intentional about paying attention to that. But I think if it was made as something to consume, like truly was made as something to consume, like at one time, yeah, then it would have been better to do it all chronologically. Yeah. But the fact that it was made with the intention of being separate one or two episodes a week for, or you know, for however long, I think that it, it makes it where you can cover so much more ground and you're not just like seeing this story that just goes week after week after week. It it doesn't just progress that way. There's a lot more to it and you can fit a lot more into it without just like doing a chronological story. And it gives it more depth too because you're learning the background while you're learning about the story itself. Yeah. But it's, you gotta pay attention, which is okay because there's nothing else going on right now. Can we talk about Michael Jordan's uh, 
when he said, I don't have a gambling problem, I have a competition problem? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Step one. <laughs> well, and it was funny because, so this next, I was thinking that they were going to end that episode. I mean, they ended it perfectly because of the, the interview that he did with Ahmad Rashad where he, where Ahmad asks him, is this the end? And he said, I don't know, it could be. And that, I mean, anybody that remembers the timeline is going to know that the next episode, the beginning of it, will be Michael stepping away from the game. And that would make me think that that will probably be kind of what's happening in 1998, too, is when he's really, truly making the decision to walk. To be done. To be done. Done, Which we dot, dot, dot. Done, yeah, done for a little while. <laughs> right. And uh, I just, I thought that they were going to end it with that, not just, like, leave it at as a cliffhanger, I guess, that seemed like a better way to transition to me than to just be like, you, we get to next week and it's like, oh, you retired. Who knew? Right. Man. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> we had all of this set up perfectly to end the episode by him retiring, but you know what? We're going to make you wait till next week as if you didn't yeah. really know what happened. Right. Spoiler. Yeah. He retires. No. It's it, been good. This one wasn't as good as the week before. I didn't think. I love the Dennis Rodman one so yeah. much. And Steph, you even mentioned like how good Carmen Electra looked. Can oh, I just damn. mention that I had the Carmen Electra striptease workout at one point. I wish I knew where that was. I'd give you guys a little bit of a va-va. <laughs> Boom. I guess just Jared because Steph can't see me. But next time you visit Steph, I'll show you the little booty pop. All right. I can't wait. It was my specialty. There's, a, there's part of it where it's like a chair dance, and man, me and the church girls, we got we got it down. We broke a sweat. Is it? It's amazing to me too. I don't think Ahmad, I don't think Ahmad Rashad has gotten any older. There are several people on this documentary that look damn good. Oh yeah. Yeah, like some of them, you know, you almost expect. I mean, like Michael Jordan's always gonna look like Michael Jordan. Right. I feel like uh, we've talked about Michael Jordan's mom. How how good she yep. still looks. Uh, right. Carmen Electra is gonna look good forever. I feel like she will always look the exact same. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, even Dennis and Scotty basically look the same as mm-hmm. what they did at that time. Yeah. But it's like I look at a modern shot who was a four-time Pro Bowler, played in the Super Bowl, was like a, I think is in the Minnesota Vikings like Ring of Honor, and is one. I mean, was a very very good football player. You, I don't think you would ever even guess that. A lot of people probably don't even realize that he was a professional football player before he was the voice of the NBA, more or less. And the host of Inside Stuff. Yeah, yeah and then the host of Inside <laughs> Stuff and the owner of the coolest T-shirt I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, I don't know what... I, I need more of whatever they've injected into their skin, that's for sure. It's the Carmen Electra striptease video. That's what that's it, is. it is. That's, the, that's what they're all using. They're all Someday. doing a workout. All right, Someday well, I'll look younger than I look we'll, now. We'll post the link to that dance. <laughs> I still feel like Michael could walk out and, and put up 20 on somebody. I think that's NBA. true. I think he could do that till he dies because yeah. he's just that type of dude. Yeah. Like, I, I would never want to play in Michael Jordan's noonball games. No. No. That guy's a killer. He's got a killer mentality. I can understand, though, where he would, like, his life probably was not very fun. And no. also the first mention of his wife was towards the end they don't ever mention i've i've heard about this where they talked about the they talked to the director i read an interview with them they didn't talk to her they didn't talk to any of his kids yeah uh, just because he he was like i want to make it about his life as a basketball player not about what does he have like a 30 year old daughter 
Yeah, I mean, his kids are probably... And then he I has mean, How twins. old were they in Space Jam? I mean, they're young, you know? Yeah, they're probably in, in their early 30s to late 20s. Uh, but, I mean, his... Wouldn't it have been getting close to when his dad died? Because I thought that he died before the last... I don't the know. third of the of the, the first three P, but I could have the timeline wrong. For know. some reason, I remember I thought that that was the case, and that was never mentioned at all. So that's why I was like, okay, are they even gonna touch Bring on this? Yeah, I also saw a great tweet that if uh, there's you're ever friends with a guy named Slim, <laughs> like Michael was. Uh, then you're basically guaranteed to end up in jail for something that, that he actually did. <laughs> I feel like that's a good life lesson. Yeah. Don't be friends with guys named Slim. I just think that's a thing that we can all take away I from I agree this. with that wholeheartedly. Okay, you can end the podcast Let's Let's now. end it on that. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be friends with a guy named Slim. Go Cyclones. <laughs> Go State. <laughs>